Thank you, Father. Lord, we give you praise and honor and glory. I grabbed the wrong thing. Thank you for what you're going to do, what you've been doing. Lord, we expect, I can pray and dig at the same time. Amen. We expect good things to happen. Praise the Lord. You know, just uh, in, on Mother's Day, uh, brother, Sister Saitsi, our, our other friend that we know from uh, Bulgaria, she was telling us a story about a minister that she knew personally that uh, was, was struggling financially, and the Lord told him the numbers of the lottery in a dream and told him, said, I want you to uh, put these numbers out tomorrow, and you're going to win, and I want you to do this, that, and the other, and you can live off the rest. And he did it, and it happened. <laughs> it's like, go figure. Yeah, go figure. But I'll tell you what, I'll, I would take it. I, would, I, wouldn't, I wouldn't throw it away, praise the Lord. I believe God can do those kinds of things. Hallelujah. I believe we got good, good things ahead of us. I think the, the world may fall apart, but the church is falling together. Amen. You know, you got to have, have an understanding of the laws of the Spirit. You know, that second law of thermodynamics in the natural says that chaos erupts uh, out, of, out, of, out of this world. You drop a cup, it shatters into a million pieces. It doesn't fall together. A tornado comes through, you don't have 747s formed out of tornadoes coming through. But I'm going to tell you something, the life of the believer is different. Amen. When you live in the laws of the Spirit of life, the Spirit of life in Christ Jesus, things come together for you. Good things are in your future. God's got plans for you. He's been thinking about you. He's working it out. And even when you mess it up and you, you screw up the plan, listen, he knows how to steer the ship and get it back on course. It may take you the long way around. Some of us, it's longer than others. But I'm going to tell you, our God doesn't give up on us. Amen. He who has begun a good work will perform it until the day of Jesus Christ. Everybody look at your neighbor and say, what God started, he's going to finish. Amen. What he started, he's going to finish. I'm excited to be here tonight. My wife, uh, Tammy, uh, sends her regrets for not being able to be with us uh, in this time. But I brought my daughter, Michaela. She's down here. And uh, I'll tell you, Michaela, I, I, I promised I wasn't going to ask you to get up and speak. She said, don't do it, Dad. Don't do it. Yeah. <laughs> uh, <but laughs> yeah. Yeah. That's right. Don't try it. Don't try it. <laughs> Hallelujah. Brother, it's good to see you, man. Awesome, awesome, awesome. As usual, praise God. What good things are taking place. Praise the Lord. Uh, Pastor, I heard the Lord say something to me for you, and I want to just jump right out of the gate here and share this with you. I heard the Holy Spirit saying to me that uh, this year, uh, don't be hesitant to go out into the deep. Uh, don't be hesitant and uh, feel, put the feelers out too much for, for, the, for the timing because the timing is now. In fact, I'm going to tell you right now that you've been laying the groundwork for what is coming uh, throughout this year. And in fact, this year is not just a, a year where you say a lot got done. This is actually the doorway of walking into the plan that God has prepared you for. And you've been laboring, and it's almost like the things that you have laid the uh, groundwork for were not well received in some circles. Uh, they didn't understand. They had no understanding of what it is you were trying to do. And the understanding is coming upon them this year, and you will see 
uh, the footprint enlarge. You will see the influence enlarge. You will see people almost as if they're shaking themselves awake and realizing that they've already heard what the Spirit of God is saying now. And it was because God used you as a forerunner into the moment. This is not a limited word to this year. It is a word that will mark that this now is a doorway that leads you into that phase of ministry, that phase of life, that thing that has been in your heart germinating all these years. This is now the beginning of that coming to fruition. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. And those that cannot hang, the Lord says, do not worry. I have many that are in the wings that will attach themselves. And they'll make up for anything that seems that you have lost. They'll make it up and much more. Hallelujah. Praise God. So I want to see that, speak that over you, Pastor. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. Let's, let's stand to our feet one more time. Let's lift our hands to the Lord. Hallelujah. Can you pray in the Spirit? I want you to pray in the Holy Ghost. Lean yourself in just for a moment. I know we've already been worshiping and praying. and Let's just linger just for a moment. Praise God. Hallelujah. 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 Yes, yes, yes. Hallelujah. 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 I hear the Holy Spirit saying, don't say that it can't be done. Do not say that it cannot be done, for yea, it shall be done. That which is in my heart shall be done. And no longer limit me. I hear the Holy Spirit saying, I am stretching out my hand towards my people in this season of time, and I'm going to root out some things that are, in, that are seated in their, in their spirit where I've heard things that have not been uttered with the lips, but have been uttered with the heart. And I'm going to straighten some pathways and reveal myself. So do not say an unhook from agreement to the words, it cannot be done, for it shall be done. And it will be done, and the glory of the Lord will be seen upon it. Man cannot do it, but I can. And I look for those who will yield themselves, present themselves, and move themselves towards me. And they will begin to lead and carve out pathways for many to follow. For as you heard it said already to the pastor, that there will be many that will shake themselves awake. Yea, this year will be a year of awakening in the hearts of my people where they will arise into the places of faith and power and they will be forerunners into their environment and begin to break out and break through. There will be no wall that will limit or be high enough, but these walls shall fall in every realm. There will be a generation of giant killers that will arise and begin to be known in this... 
Father. Thank you, Father. Hallelujah. Thank you, Father. Praise God. Praise God. Look around you and say, it could be done to a few people and find their seat there. Praise God. Praise God. Thank you. Hallelujah. It's always a, a real joy and treasure to come to Winter's Church. All of the brothers and sisters there at Christian Fellowship send their love and greetings, and uh, they are uh, 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 supporting us in prayer and believe in God for good things. Uh, but I'm excited. Well, I'm trembling. I am absolutely shaking. I am shaking. Hallelujah. Thank you, brother. I receive that. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. In fact, I heard the Holy Spirit just say this when you put this in my hand, brother. That the authority to reign you know monarchs are trained and tutored governed with a class around them that they can uh, that they can know the protocol of royalty the Lord is uh, uh, unveiling in your life a protocol of royalty because he wants you to carry yourself in a manner that accommodates the calling on the inside of you. And when you put this in my head, I heard the Holy Spirit say, He is one of the kings in the, in the, in the house. Hallelujah. In this house. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. And He's going to teach you. Because you've been willing, because you yielded and you, 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 you know, I don't even know. There are probably some that know you well enough to know that how much you, you, you humbled yourself to make adjustments in the course and the path that you're on, but you did. And you got a response from the Lord. That's why exaltation comes. That's why promotion comes. It doesn't come from the east and the west. It doesn't come from man. It comes from the Lord. Hallelujah. And you, de you decided that it wasn't man holding me back. You shook yourself away from that. That man is not, is not the thing that has been holding me back. That it was possibly God. And because you bent towards him, he's now setting in the motion the rising hallelujah so if you can stay small in your own eyes and stay humble under his mighty hand I hear him say there is no limit there is no limit there is no limit hallelujah hallelujah so I speak that to you brother thank you praise God hallelujah thank you Jesus thank you Jesus Hallelujah. And Marissa, I hear the Holy Spirit say that 2024, by the time this year is done, change is going to happen in your life. Change, change that you didn't think was going to be able to be done. In fact, change where the way you think is changing. The way you perceive, the way 
that you look at life is changing. Hallelujah. And this year is all about a reshaping. And when you get to the end of this year of 2024, your ability to welcome you in this place. We welcome you in this place. <laughs> Hallelujah. <laughs> Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Hallelujah. We worship you, Lord. We worship you. We worship you. We worship you. We worship you, Lord. We thank you, Lord. We thank you, Lord. Hallelujah. Praise God. Praise God. You may go ahead and find a seat if you can. Thank you. I receive that, brother. Thank you. Hallelujah. Well, I tell you, this year for me has already started off with a bang. <laughs> I'm hearing the Holy Ghost say things uh, in my life and around me about the church. And I, I'm excited about this year. I'm, I think that there are things that are taking place right now that are positioning us. And, and we're going to see a mode of change in the, in the church and the way that we minister. I've heard the Holy Spirit uh, talk to me about the way we're leaving 2023. We need to be sure that we enter that we, that we leave things behind that need to be left behind. And I specifically heard him say, I want my people to leave fear behind them. I wanted them to stop being afraid. Stop being afraid. My God, there's so much fear that is being promoted. The spirit of fear has captured too many of God's people. And we operate in ways that quench the Holy Ghost and don't foster the power of God. Hallelujah. Everybody say, I abandon my fear. You can trust the Lord. And you know, here's the thing. I know Pastor was just talking about maybe sharing some of the things about how you, how you accommodate the call of God and go into places. Well, you know, sometimes you're uneasy about it because you've never been there before, but you do it anyway. I think I heard Marilyn Hickey say that years ago, that you don't allow yourself to have the fear dominate you where you don't go. You step out of the boat anyway, and you trust God to get you where you need to go. And you know, we don't always know where we're going. We just need to start going. We need to start moving and abandon the fear. The fear will keep you, the fear will paint a picture for you that you fail before you ever even start. Somebody in the past said fear was a, a false prophet. Fear prophesies a demise that has not yet occurred. And then you live in a place that you have not actually moved to. You just now have created through that fear. We need to leave our fears behind. Hallelujah. I heard John Hagee say this several months ago. He said, you know, the, the, the world may be going to hell, but the church is going to heaven. Amen. Boy, what a mindset. What a, what a different way of thinking is that I'm not, going to, I'm not going to stumble and fall my way through the end time. I'm going to live in the glorious church realm that the Bible prophesies about. Jesus ain't coming for a church living in a cave eating spam. He's not. Jesus is coming for a glorious church. It says so in Ephesians chapter 5. It says he's coming for a church without spot or wrinkle or any such blemish. How in the world are we going to get there? The glory of God. That's how we're going to get there. When God shows up in our life the way that he's going to show up in our life. He's not going to abandon us. He's not going to abandon us. 
He's going to empower us. Hallelujah. The best is yet to come. Glory to God. Hallelujah. I've heard a few folks out there that say, and you know, they hear the Lord say that he's going to make a distinction in his people. There are going to be a lot of Goshens that are going to appear. People are sitting on things right now in the house of the Lord, and they don't even know they're sitting on it because it hadn't become valuable yet. But it will become valuable in the days ahead. It's saying, Lord, don't like this. I don't like this. What am I going to do as I get older? Because, you know, you start looking around at other older people. Older preachers, older older ones, and they're they're uh, struggling and going through places. And I'm like, Lord, I'm, I'm starting to get nervous about the days that I'm seeing in front of me. How am I gonna How am I gonna do this? And man, the Holy Spirit just like a bomb spoke in the midst. He said, How have you been doing it? I said, I've been trusting you. He goes, Well, continue to trust me. Continue to trust me and don't change the plan. Hallelujah. You know, that's how we need to be. To continue to trust the Lord. Whatever, however long we live in this earth. I think we should trust him for every day because it's a precious gift. And not, not fret and worry about things. We, we need to quit fretting and worrying about. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Glory to God. Hallelujah. If you have your Bible, very quickly, I want you to, we're going to, can we use, do you have the message Bible by chance back there? Yeah, great. Well, this is in uh, Matthew and chapter 11 and verse 28 in the message Bible. Hallelujah. He says, are you tired, worn out, burned out on religion? Come to me. Get away with me and you'll recover your life. I'll show you how to take a real rest. Walk with me and work with me. Watch how I do it. Learn the unforced Rhythms of grace. I won't lay anything heavy or ill-fitting on you. Keep company with me and you'll learn to live freely and lightly. Hallelujah. You know, the Bible tells us that there remains a rest for the people of God. And many miss this whole point about new covenant living. We preach about a lot of different things because there's a lot of subjects, a lot of topics that we need to cover just to educate God's people in His Word. But we should never abandon the central principle of living by the Spirit is how we really live every single day. And we don't abandon that. That new covenant living is being filled with the Spirit over and over and over. And the primary thing you should focus upon is being filled with the Spirit and allowing the yoke of the Lord to be upon you. You know, yokes, yokes are those things that hook you up with some other. In those days of the Bible, they had yokes that hooked oxen together and they always put an older oxen with a younger oxen a more experienced oxen. 
to train the young oxen because the young oxen didn't know how to do it and the old oxen had been practicing for a long time, had been trained to do it and would communicate that to the younger ox. And oxen are different than bulls. Bulls are that which have not yet abandoned the desire to sow their own seed. You can't plow fields with bulls. You can only plow fields with oxen. And so when you submit yourself to the yoke of the Lord, He begins to teach you and train you. And one of the things that, that we need to return to an understanding of is that there is this thing called the unforced rhythms of grace. The unforced rhythms of grace. Your life, my life in the Spirit is meant to have an ebb and a flow where it's, it, we're, not, we're not chronically, constantly struggling. Scars that we got. I mean, we got to stop this thing of getting around one another and talking about all the, the B.C. stuff that we were involved in and maybe even still be involved in. Where we live in this perpetual, we have entire ministries that that's all they are doing is constantly talking about the brokenness. The brokenness, the woundedness. And I know people that have a, prof this is what's dangerous about it. I know people that have a prophetic anointing. They can call things out. They can see it and call it out. But what they do, rather than lift the person out of the brokenness, they leave them in that ditch. They may identify the problem. They may speak over the thing that, yes, you are this and you've been through this. But they never tell them how to get out of that place or go to the next level. And that's not real ministry. See, that's not real ministry. Real ministry is that you effectively bring some measure of healing to somebody's life where they, they, they're uncomfortable continuing to stay in agreement with brokenness and they want to be healed. They desire to be healed. I think this year will be marked. I believe the Holy Spirit has said it real clear to me. This year will be marked by a new kind of preacher. A new kind of minister, he's going to start ministering in the realms of victory, not in the realms of brokenness all the time. And it's going to provoke the church to come out of those places where we've allowed. Because it's almost like, it's, I'm reluctant to even say it this way, but it's almost like a, a form of abuse. It's almost like a form of abuse. You know, when, you, when you're focused so much on your brokenness, you know what you tend to do? I've had a few people in, in my ministry and, and that, I've, that, that have caught up through their immaturity that went through places like a bad marriage. And you would sit there and you would talk to them about things that they could do, things that they should do, but they inevitably gravitate towards somebody in their sphere that's going through a bad marriage and then ask them their advice. And how many of you know that's bad advice? You never ask people who are in the midst of that pit what they would do. Because if they're still in the pit, they don't know what they're doing. And so if they got a broken marriage and they're all jacked up and they're bitter and they're angry and they're soured, you don't ask them, well, what do you think I ought to do in my marriage when you're having marriage trouble? Because you're going to get some really bad advice. <laughs> Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Glory to God. But we tend to do that. You know, when we're having church trouble, we'll find other Christians that have church trouble. Well, what do you do? And then we inevitably get ourselves talked out of places that God has really called us to just because it's a rough patch. 
You know, things that go, go wrong in life, it's not meant to be that way forever. It's just a place that you pass through. You know, I, I, I've been thinking a lot about something that's very dear to my heart. My calling, the way that the Lord called me, especially in, in Northeast Texas, he sent me down there, but he set the stage for it in the late 90s. He started the process of giving me the word for those people in the late 90s. And it was a word of resurrection. It was a word of resurrection life. In fact, he sent me down there and specifically called me in a vision, told me, I want you to command those people to live. And we've been commanding them to live. We've, speak, we've been speaking over a church that at the time, the Holy Spirit, I never had seen that church before. And at the time, I had a vision about that very building in that church. And in that building was a woman in a casket in a back room, a brass casket. And she, so we've been speaking over that church all those years. You're going to live. God says you're supposed to live. And he sent us here like, like Ezekiel in the Valley of Dry Bones to call these dry bones to live. And they've been thriving. They've been living. We've been, we've been coming through places and growing through places together all these years. Hallelujah. But I've had to learn that it really wasn't me that was getting it done. I simply obeyed. I simply did what God said to do. It wasn't hard. You know, it was, it, was, it was hard as far as, you know, sometimes you get your feelings hurt. Sometimes you go through bad things. Like Pastor said, we got squeezed pretty hard many times. Many times enemies rose up, people who had different agendas that, that had places of authority and they fought against you and, and tried to take you down. I mean, honestly, that's, that's, that's a real place that preachers go through. You ought to always pray over your pastors because sometimes they have things that you don't even know about because they're not going to get up here and publish it. But, but, you, but you have to remember that it wasn't, it wasn't me that did this anyway. It was just me that obeyed, and God's going to carry it through. I'm just adhering to the plan. It didn't always look like it was going to live, but we consistently kept speaking that word over them. You're going to live and not die. And I think 2024, in the year that we are entering into, God is getting us past a mentality, a way to where our, our way of hearing was in one realm. And as we mature, he begins to be able to communicate things to us that were really the point. You know, some people out there, they have a perception of the whole mankind, God, salvation, all of this. They have the whole perception that this is all about sin, all about Jesus going to the cross so he could deal with sin. And then there's never any, any understanding of what was really happening with all of that. See, there's never really an understanding in the body of Christ. Now, thank God he dealt with our sin. He removed our sin. But what for? Why did he even make man? Some people believe that God made man to sin. He didn't make man to sin. He had a plan. There was something in place, something in his mind, and he made man, and man messed up. And so God initiated a plan to fix it. So when he fixes it, what is it that we begin to hear on the other side of when he fixes it? See, there are things that he's trying to get us to in the season that we're entering in this year where he can talk to us in a more mature way and not where we're all tangled up in our problems and our drama and our issues 
Because when you're tangled up in your drama and your problems and your issues, the way you hear is always going to have that flavor attached to it where, where even you can hear things that the Lord's not really trying to say but because you're so stuck in that place. And man, when you begin to mature and get on the other side, he's told us as a church down there, he said, now we're about to get to it. I said, Lord, I've been here 21 years. And he goes, yeah, we're now getting to it. I mean, the beginning of last year, he said, this is going to be the year of getting it, getting it done. And I'm like, I wonder what that means. Getting, I was thinking, are we going to go to heaven this year? What does that mean, getting it done? Well, we've been able to accomplish a whole lot of things that it's taken 20 years to do. Fix things, repair things, set things up. And I realized in the midst of watching these dominoes fall and this thing get stacked up the way it needed to be. And I'm like, it's taken, I, I have worked hard to try to get this done and could get nowhere with it. I have really pressed and pushed and couldn't get anywhere with it. And it seems like all of a sudden somebody has turned a light switch on and now it's just falling in the line. And it's all getting done in this realm. And in the midst of all of this stuff lining itself up, the Holy Spirit says, now we're going to start talking about things that I've always wanted to talk to you about. But you have always been focused on praying about the problem, wanting me to get this done. Wanting me, what are we going to do here? What are we going to do there? And you've been stuck in a gear that now I'm breaking you out of it. And then going into the wilderness for a nine-day journey, and that whole point of going through the wilderness in that hot, dry place, in that place where God was going to show his supernatural provision and his hand, didn't have any stores to spend any money in. It was all about eliminating the Egypt mentality from them so that they walked away from all those years of hard bondage. But because they could not turn loose of unbelief, they got stuck and a whole generation died in the wilderness and never entered into the promised land. I want you to look at your neighbor and say, I'm a promised land Christian. See, specifically in that, in that, that vision of where God was showing me to lift my hands up over the corpses of Christian Fellowship Church and say, I command you to live and not die. I command you to awake and live. I was doing that and the Spirit of God was falling in that vision upon them. He said, I have called you to pastor and to lead a generation of saints in this house into the promised land. Now, for years, I really couldn't really understand what he was saying. I was thinking, is he talking about, you know, victory in the land and all of those things? Really, it's just talking about understanding this, this unforced rhythm of grace, this Holy Spirit living, the simplicity of living a Spirit-filled life. And what I realized is I realized how easy it is for us to get stuck in places in our life in that wilderness place. See, the wilderness, you could liken it like this. The wilderness is the birth canal between Egypt and the promised land. And if we get stuck in the birth canal, we die. One more time, look at your neighbor and say, I'm a promised land Christian. You are a promised land Christian. Our mentality has to come away from wilderness living. Wilderness living is not really the realm for the believer. 
It's a passage. It's a place that we just come through. And things do fall off and things change. Things change when you pass through the wilderness. But if you don't pass through the wilderness and you get stuck in the wilderness, man, it's a long, hard, dry season. And it doesn't have to be. It doesn't have to be. Praise God. When you live in unforced rhythms of grace, there's that flow of just the way God leads day by day. And he takes that hard out of the equation. Didn't he promise us? Didn't I just read it to you? I'm not going to lay on you hard things. I want to challenge you today. Do you believe that God is laying on you hard things? Maybe you think about your life in this way that maybe God just gave me this hardship so that just so hard. When he says specifically, I didn't do that. I didn't do that. And if he didn't do that, why do we believe that? Isn't it possible that there's a place of living in the Holy Spirit where we're just like riding it every day? Like we get up every day and, Lord, what's the adventure? And if there's a challenge, there's a challenge meant to be overcome. And he, through his power, will lead us to overcome. If there's a lack, he makes up for it. If there's a way that needs to be made, he makes a way. If there's a decision, well, he gives us the wisdom. But he provides through the relationship, through the intimacy, that which we need so that we can simply reflect his glory, his goodness, and that stuff and the next thing you know we don't realize you know I, I said this I think when I was here a few months ago and I appreciate the whole year of being able to come to Witter's Church I love you all so much I feel like I could pour my heart out and just just tell you what I really think amen <laughs> you know I mentioned to you I don't I don't some, I'm not knocking anybody that does this but for me I don't even go to a Chinese restaurant and look at the fortune cookie I mean and some people are like well you're just being religious no I'm not being religious I don't believe for a minute that some wise Chinese Fu Manchu put, wrote that and stuck it in a fortune cookie. I mean, some guy that probably wasn't even Chinese thought that up or got it out of the newspaper or something and stuck it in there. But I don't want that banging around inside my head. I don't need that seed in there. See, I know that seed gets sown in a field. And I don't need that kind of seed. I don't need to be around people who are going to sow seeds in my life when I know that they ain't got the wisdom, they ain't got the experience, they ain't got what it takes, and they're like 20 years old, trying to act like they've been in ministry all their life. And they've got a social media platform with some American flag hanging behind them, and it looks like, wow, look at what all they got. And they don't have anything. But they're going to fix the church. And it's like, I know better than that. So I, I, don't, I just don't need, we don't need that in our life. I mean, we got to be careful with stuff like that. I just, I just mentioned this to our church Sunday. We got to be careful about following after every preacher under the sun. We get our loyalties divided. And I'm going to tell you, we're going to stumble. We're going to stumble. Ask me how I know. The first couple of three years that I was spirit-filled, man, I was feeding off of everybody. 
I was buying tape series. I was feeding off of everybody. I was watching Christian TV 24-7. And I mean, there was nothing wrong with any of that. It was good, sound stuff. But the next thing I know, I couldn't go to church and listen to my pastor because he wasn't saying the same thing as Paul and Youngie Cho was around the other side of the world. And I began to question, well, maybe my pastor is not right. Well, maybe he's just not big enough. Maybe I'm called to follow somebody bigger. And my britches got big is what it was. And, and I, just, I got myself into trouble. I started straining out a gnat and swallowing a camel. And finally, thank God, the graciousness of the Holy Spirit was, you need to simplify your life. Stay where I planted you. Open your ears up to the man of God I put in your life. Not somebody that you don't know. Somebody you know and can touch and talk to and they know you. See, you need people that know you. Listen to me. We need to know the preachers that minister to us in these days. I appreciate large footprint ministries. I do appreciate that. But we still have to be wise and understanding that it's the relationships that God works in within our life. I mean, I used to send monthly support to Brother Hagin's ministry. I was part of Minister's Madison, send monthly support. I gleaned off that man of God, but he had a long track record, see. He wasn't just a fly-by-night that came along and was a shooting star that Jude talked about, you know. There are shooting stars, they just show up and then they burn out. We just need to be careful of that stuff. These are things that are, that are making us stumble. They're making us stumble in the body of Christ. We don't want to live in the birth canal. We want to get through. Birth canals squeeze you. They can be difficult, tribulation. You know, the fact, the end of the age, Jesus talked about it being like a woman in, in, in travail. The birth canal. For that, actually turn it over to the Lord and move towards where he's leading. And maybe the miracle would occur. See, I'm not a miracle worker. And as long as I had my hand on stuff, I couldn't get the miracle to pop. But when I just went to the simplicity of just saying, Jesus, I'm going to follow you. Where are you leading? And stop dwelling in the realms of my problems day by day. I actually started walking in victory. One more time, look at your neighbor and say, I'm a promised land Christian. Now, in, a, in the book of Hebrews chapter 4 in the Message Bible, Hebrews chapter 4 in the Message Bible, it says this. It says, for as long then as the promise of resting in him pulls on us, pulls us on to God's goal for us. I got to put my glasses on. We need to be careful that we're not disqualified. We receive the same promises as those people in the wilderness, but the promises didn't do them a bit of good. Because they didn't receive the promises with faith. If we believe, though, we'll experience that state of resting. But not if we don't have faith. Remember that God said, exasperated I vowed, they'll never get where they're going. Never be able to sit down and rest. God made that vow even though He'd finished his part before the foundation of the world. Somewhere it's written, God rested the seventh day having completed his work. But in this other text, he says, they'll never be able to sit down and rest. So this promise has not yet been fulfilled. Those earlier ones never did 
get to the place of rest because they were disobedient. God keeps renewing the promise and setting the date as today, just as he did in David's psalm centuries later than the original invitation. Today, please listen, don't turn a deaf ear. And so this is still a live promise. It wasn't canceled at the time of Joshua. Otherwise, God wouldn't keep renewing that appointment for today. The promise of arrival and rest is still there for God's people. God himself is at rest, and at the end of the journey, we'll surely rest with God. So let's keep at it and eventually arrive at the place of rest and not drop out through some sort of disobedience. God means what he says, and what he says goes. His powerful word is sharp as a surgeon's scalpel, cutting through everything, whether doubt or defense, laying us open to listen and obey. And nothing and no one is impervious to God's word. We can't get away from it no matter what. Everybody say this. There's a promise of rest for me. Now look at your neighbor and say, there's a promise of rest for you. Now I'm applying this just in the simplicity of moving away from a mindset. Moving away from the place that 2023 and before the body of Christ seemed to get stuck in. You know, I begin to really start hearing the Holy Spirit just say to me, I want you to start talking to them about the victory before they ever have it and convince them that it's theirs. And you know, it's amazing how many people don't want to believe they actually have victory. They don't want to, they don't want to believe that I don't have to struggle and I, 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 don't, I can't ever get... You know, we used to hear all the time in our church, I'm so tired, I'm so tired. Hallelujah. And watch who you bend your ear toward. Praise the Lord. You don't, don't listen to everybody. Please. It's really important. It really, really is. Don't listen to everybody. And I've been telling our church this because I know some of our churches has connections and some of that scandal stuff that's going on and IHOP and different places. And it's terrible. It's bad stuff. However, all these church fixers Again, I'm looking at them going, gosh, they're not helping. Let those people up there handle that business. We just do what we need to do to watch ourselves. Amen. Let's watch ourselves. And let's rise to the occasion in Jesus' name. Hallelujah. Amen. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Brandon, Rachel, I see the, the uh, 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 <laughs> I'm almost reluctant to say this. It's like a circle of angels around you. A circle, a circle. They got you hedged. They are encamped about you. They are encamped about you, and the circle is tight. Circle is small. They're, they're, very, they're very guarded about you. They're protecting you. They're not letting the enemy. He's throwing stuff. He, he's, he's hurling fiery darts. And they're, they're putting those things out. They're, 
there's like a command. These are my beloved. And I would encourage you, just rest. You can't figure it all out. So just simply just say, okay, God, we're going to take it day by day. You know what to do. And God will iron out, work out, and lead you out. Hallelujah. But just know the hedge is about you. The hedge is about you. The hedge is about you. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Pastor, it's good to see you. Praise the Lord. How are you? Amen. Can I pray for you? Amen. I want to see you. Praise God. I think the Lord's got a healing for you. I don't know what that even means. I don't even know if you need a healing, but I feel like you do. Praise the Lord. You know, we've seen more healing in 2023 than I saw in the 20 years before. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. If I'm missing it, just, just play along. Amen. Praise God. <laughs> Hallelujah. I see you moving and running. I see you. I see you, your mobility, 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 mobility joints. Um, I don't know if anything hurts or anything does, it doesn't work like it needs to, but I pray in Jesus' name that God will oil you up, lubricate your joints, and set you free. Stiffness. <laughs> in Jesus' name. Hallelujah. You know, I, I hope this doesn't offend you because this is just an analogy here, but you know the scripture that comes to my mind when Jesus was about to, to go and ride in to the city of Jerusalem on the Palm Sunday, remember he sent his disciples to go get a donkey. And he said, if anybody asks you, you say, the Lord hath need of him. Well, in a sense, in a way, you are like that donkey. And he hath need of you. He has need of you in the season. And it is, it is not required. It is, listen to me. It's not required that you be stoved up, stiffened up, and have no mobility. It is not required. And I speak healing over you from the crown of your head to the soles of your feet. And I command specifically your spine, your hips, and on down to loosen up. In the name of Jesus, I'm feeling power. Jesus' name. Jesus' name. Jesus' name. Jesus, may it work. May it go in deep. Loosen this up. Lord, give this man a great night's sleep where he doesn't toss or turn 